Only Alchemy, the podcast where we talk about spirituality that's relatable and not woo-woo. If you are brand new to spirituality or deep in the rabbit hole, this is for you. We talk about what really matters and open up our minds to the universe. Alchemy podcast, where today is the first video podcast together. So if you're listening to this on audio, we finally got video, you guys. It's been such a humbling experience trying to set this up using all of this equipment. Some I'm familiar with, some I'm not so familiar with. And so really just trying to get that done this week has been my mission. Um, and it's I feel like it's a very different ballgame to just audio. When you have just audio, all you really have to focus on is like your voice, the sounds in the room. Um, you don't have to worry about what you look like. There's just, it's a whole different thing. So I'm excited for you guys to finally see the video set up and let me know what you think. This is a, a evolution process. It's evolving, it's ever evolving, and it's going to be something that's going to get better with time as I become more and more um, confident with all of these technologies. I really think people need to give content creators a little bit more credit because you are the cameraman, you're the makeup artist, you are the producer, you're the writer, you're the talent, you're the star, you are literally a jack of all trades and you're doing everything all at once and expected to be a expert on all of those roles so some roles I'm better than others but again we're all going to be learning this together (laughs) it's all a process so anyway moving along this week I wanted to share with you guys a little bit a bit a little bit more about me and my life and where my background stems from and who I am behind the camera and who I am, you know, in, in real life, essentially. Um, I feel like I share a lot online and, you know, it takes a moment for you to be vulnerable enough in front of the camera and that's also something that I feel like is just expected of content creators that they're just going to be a completely open book and you know just say everything and anything about their lives but really even just being on camera um, presenting videos daily can be a very um like vulnerable and I guess scary experience at the beginning just because you are showing up as your authentic self right you're not playing a character of any kind I think it would be so much easier if you could like if there was some kind of persona or character that you showed up as like some content creators show up as literally other people like they'll either be pretending to be celebrities or they make up their own characters and that's not really the case for me so I have to show up as my authentic self and that can be kind of scary because when you receive that judgment it's not a judgment on a made-up character it's really a judgment on your real life and so I guess now it's time (laughs) to finally connect with you guys and so I'm going to share a little bit about my spiritual awakening 
um, career, um, and then sort of towards the end of the podcast, like usual, I'm going to answer your questions that you submitted this week on socials, and so stay tuned for that. Don't worry, that is definitely coming, um, so if you submitted a question, that's that's kind of the the schedule for the podcast, so to speak. So I will start with my sort of career background before I got more into the spiritual realm for work and also spiritual awakening. Um, So for 10 years, I worked as a fashion model and I traveled the world. I was scouted when I was 14 years old in Sydney, Australia. And I, at the time when I was scouted, I was at a cafe by myself um, and I had braces. I was definitely very much in the process of puberty. Um, And so... These agents that scouted me were actually the same agents Miranda Kerr had at the time. If you don't know who that is, it's like an Australian supermodel who, um, you know, is very well known in Australia. And I believe around the world, but I'm biased because I am an Australian, so she's definitely a name in Australia, but... um, what happened was I had a meeting with them and they were like, okay, so you've got a little bit of time before those braces come off. Um, I think I was almost 15 from memory. I had, I was kind of on the tail end of 14 years old and I was almost 15. Um, so they basically said like we would love for you to enter or we will submit you basically for this uh modeling competition that it's like a national competition in Australia and it's called the girlfriend magazine model search so if you are from Australia uh, you will know I don't think they have it anymore I think they stopped doing it but that was a, um, a running model competition for many, many years. And Miranda Kerr was in it, I think, at the very beginning of it starting. It may have had a different... The magazine may have had a different name. It may have been the Dolly magazine from memory. This is a long time ago, you guys. So bear with me on those details but basically it was a magazine in Australia that held a competition which was an open call and the agents that scouted me were the ones that judged the competition so they would submit talent and then also girls would come from all over the country they would do these like um how do you describe it? Like, uh, basically a mall. So we don't really call them malls, but like essentially a mall um, or shopping centers where it would be an open call. So you could line up, basically anyone could line up and um, submit themselves into the competition. And then at the end of the day... Like, you would have to stick around for the entire day. And at the end of the day, the judges of that day, so they would travel around the country and then the end of the day, they would choose whoever they liked from the open call. So it went from, like, nationals. Wait, how did it go? It went from state finalists to nationals, I think. So, 
I showed up to the open call even though I had been submitted. You still have to like go through that process. Um, and then I made it to the state finals. Then the state finals go to the national finals. And the national finals are the top eight. Was it six or eight? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. One of those two numbers you become one of the top six or eight girls that they pick from all over the country. Then from that, they choose the winner. So there's not a first, second, and third. It's just a winner. Um, And so, yeah, that process was kind of how I started my career and... Then I, well, essentially I was still in high school and I still had to finish high school. So I would model and do high school at the same time. So when I was 16, my braces came off after having them for three years, which was such a long time. Um, Very grateful to have had braces, but geez, it's a long time. Um, and painful too. I feel like people don't talk about that enough either, how painful braces are. Like, it, yeah. Um, so anyway, moving on. I then was working and going to high school at the same time. And my mom would drive me sometimes right after school I'd be in my school uniform because that's what I, like the type of school that I went to is very, very different to the types of schools that are in the United States. Uh, It was very strict academic school um, with uniforms. So it's pretty common in Australia to have a school uniform. Um, I don't even recall if there are schools that don't have uniforms in Australia, to be honest. Um, But my mom would pick me up. She would have like a bag of clothes in the car that I would change into from my school uniform into these uh, essentially casting clothes. And then I would go to castings as a, you know, professional working model, not a school student. So it was interesting. It was an interesting time to try and balance school and modeling. And I definitely contemplated a number of times dropping out because I was turning a lot of work down. Um, because I was at school, so you can, as you can imagine, my, my hours are limited. There was definitely a lot of days that I took off school, um, and my high school was a very, like I said, academic and strict high school, so that for them was kind of a non-negotiable in terms of like attendance was very strict it was very difficult to skip school it was very difficult to um not like I don't under like it's so foreign to me the idea that kids in the U.S. could just skip school and no one would notice that literally the police would be out for you the school I went like everyone would be looking for you So my attendance was really uh, struggling and one of the like head teachers basically sat me down and was like, look, you need to make a choice whether you're going to take school seriously or, you know, leave, basically. Um... And I had one other friend at the time who did drop out for modeling as well. And she was at the same, with the same agency. 
um, and she's done very well for herself. So that was obviously the right choice for her. But for me, I guess I was a little bit more under the impression that you needed to finish school and, you know, it was, it was still important to me. Um, so anyway, fast forward to graduation. I graduated and left high school and then after high school, I took a year off to travel, to take a break and to just like decompress. It It's very common for Australians to take what's called a gap year, um, which you may have heard of. It's not as common in America. I'm not sure why, but uh, you know, a lot of Australians are very, very, um, very enthusiastic about taking a break and traveling the world after they leave high school. So that's what I did. I got a job. I was a bartender at a nightclub and... I modeled and bartended and when I wasn't bartending I was nannying so I basically had three jobs that I was juggling and that allowed me to um, make enough money to go overseas and travel for three months, basically backpacking around Europe and um, I did it with two of my best friends. So we all stayed in hostels and, you know, traveled on a budget. It's so funny to me looking back and remembering that time I was only 18 and, you know, Knowing what I know now from traveling and from just living life, my 18-year-old self was so ballsy. She honestly had so much determination, so much um, like, I'll figure it out type attitude. She just went after everything and she just knew what she wanted. And I don't know if this is something that everyone can relate to, but it's kind of something that I see often with people that the more, like, you age and the the older you get, that kind of attitude very commonly starts to dwindle and the older that you get the more sensible and the more fearful you become because you're aware of all of the variables of what can go wrong um you know you're you're responsible for yourself now you're responsible for your life I feel as though the process of leaving high school after being institutionalized for literally 12 years is like I don't understand how we think that makes sense for a human being to be in such a structure for that many years and then be expected to know how to navigate the real world and I was not somebody that went to college straight away but if you do go straight from high school straight to college it's like okay so now you're in college and then you leave college at whatever that age is 21 I'm not sure because I wasn't that wasn't my journey but uh, 21 say and you again are expected to 
be a functioning adult in society after being told what to do, when to do it, at what time to do it, how to do it for all of those numbers of years. So I was always very much somebody in school that was a little bit of a black sheep. I think a lot of spiritual people can relate to that, that, you know, I was definitely not the popular girl by any means. I wouldn't say I was unpopular by any means either, but I guess I fell somewhere in the middle. I, you know, I was sociable. I was very able to socialize, but I struggled. I really struggled with feeling as though I fit in. Um, And I also really struggled mentally during adolescence. Like, I felt as though, like, adolescence was a very dark time for me. Um, Modeling gave me a lot of hope and a lot of um, something to look towards and look forward to rather than just being at school. Uh, The independence of that. And then also, you know, making money at a very young age is something that can go like one of two ways. I definitely wish I had been taught um, financial, like, regulation, financial budgeting and all of that sort of thing, because I definitely was not, um, I definitely was not somebody who was saving for my future at all. Um, I was kind of just burning through whatever money I was making at the time. That's a little bit off track and off topic. (laughs) So my message on that is teach your kids, like teach them financial responsibility. Teach them how to budget for themselves, teach them how to invest. If that's something that you're already planning to do, like I applaud you. It's all money. Talking about money is always a very uncomfortable conversation, especially with young teenagers. Um, But anyway, back to, back to the story. I, so then I traveled for three months, like I said, overseas Um, all around Europe. I won't get into every country that I went to, but it was definitely one of the best memories that I've had, you know, made in in the entirety of my life. And then I came back to Australia and um, I actually ended up moving agencies when I came back to Australia and I uh, signed with IMG Worldwide, which is a modeling agency that you may or may not have heard of, but um, they're a great agency and I then modeled full time for... How many years? I guess right up until I moved countries, maybe? So, I basically, I came back to Australia, signed with them. Then I moved to London when I was 19. Yes, when I was 19. So, I, for about two years, was living back and forth from London to Sydney and back again. And um, that was a very, very, very transformational growth period for me. It was something that I 
like encourage everybody and anyone to try and to um if you have the resources to live in another city because you will learn more about yourself than you ever imagined you would ever know from just the simple act of moving countries moving countries I have done twice and it is something that is never easy. Even if you've done it before, it's never easy. Um, you know, some simple things like having to get a new credit card or a debit card because you are overseas and you need to open a new bank account. Um all the way from being alone, nobody, you having no friends, not knowing anybody. Uh, modeling can be a very, very isolating, isolating job. Like it is something, I don't know if you can hear that, but my dog just started dreaming. It is something that people I guess glamorize like oh traveling the world doing all these things don't get me wrong super amazing experience I would do it all over again in a heartbeat but it's very isolating and it's 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 very lonely when you make friends in cities often you're making friends with other models that you've met at auditions or castings or with your agency or whatnot and um they also are traveling the world so they are not staying in the same city for a long period of time so what would happen is i would go to london and i would live there and then i'd come back to australia for a little bit and then i'd go back to london and by the time i went back to london they had moved on as well they were in a different city or they you know had moved back home whatever it may have been for them and then you're in this sort of position where you have to start again and you start again so then you have to make another group of friends and then the same thing happens and the beauty of that though is that I have friends in different countries from all over the place that I still keep in touch with because you go through that growth period together and um being with them I don't know it's it's hard to explain and it's hard to verbalize but it's a very small number of people that experience this type of work and this lifestyle and um yeah I I, I don't I don't really know how to explain it but I'll move on from that and then if I, if I can try and explain it in a little bit, I'll, I'll circle back. But So from about 19 all the way up until, let's see, how old was I? I would say 20, like just before the pandemic essentially. Um... So, in 20, <laughs> sorry guys, from 2015, 2014, 2014 up till 2020, yes, um, and in 2017 was when I had no, sorry, 2017 to 2018, it was kind of a long one, is when I had my spiritual awakening and things kind of really shifted for me. And obviously, my career started to shift in a different trajectory as well. So, I... Um, I guess for a number of years leading up to that so 2017 2016 
mentally, mental health wise were very challenging for me. Um, I think progressively I started to become more and more and more and more sensitive to frequency and vibrations and people's energy and I just had no idea what I was experiencing because people just don't talk about it. It's just not something that people talk about. And this presented in in physical and mental ailments. So all through high school, I forgot to mention this when I was speaking before, but I guess we're more focusing on modeling. I was very, very sick. Like I had chronic sicknesses. I, um, I struggled with constantly getting like a cold or um, a sore throat. It started off kind of like average cold and whatnot like that. And then it started to progress into more serious stuff like really bad glandular fever, which you guys call mono, that ended up becoming pneumonia. And I had pneumonia for a very long time in high school because the doctors were treating it as a bacterial infection and it was actually viral. So there's viral pneumonia and there's bacterial pneumonia. And so I was just given antibiotics after antibiotics after antibiotics and none of it was working obviously because antibiotics does not work on a viral infection. So as I was you know, being sicker and sicker and sicker, I was just um, weakening my immune system with all of these antibiotics. Um, And then uh, when I was 18, when I was traveling, I traveled to Indonesia and I got two parasites that were in my gastrointestinal gastrointestinal tract say that 10 times and I lived with those inside of my gut for a full year before I actually was diagnosed with what it actually was so also I really encourage anybody who has GI issues to get a GI map it is a complete breakdown of everything that is in your gut, everything from the good bacteria to the bad bacteria, to parasites, to freaking candida, like everything you could think of is mapped out in this GI map, which is a stool test, and you cannot get it from your general doctor or primary care doctor. It is a specialist generally holistic or integrative doctor but a naturopath is the person who diagnosed the two parasites that I had which were causing me so much pain and grief um and so then I had to go through a bunch of different testing I've had oh my god I've had so many things I've had endoscopies I've had colonoscopies I've had like the works in terms of Western medicine and holistic Eastern medicine to try and get rid of these parasites. I tried to go the holistic route with getting rid of them and it was making me sicker and sicker and sicker. So then I ended up going to the Western route, which is basically they have to do an antibiotic infusion which gets like basically you get put to sleep and then they put a tube inside of you to to uh, administer the antibiotics and it gets rid of pretty much all of your gut bacteria so all of that good bacteria that we need for our digestion gets completely wiped out and then I had to rebuild my gut so my immune system was really shot like 
from years of antibiotics before the parasite, then having that procedure done. So I then started to become extremely sensitive to everything and anything. Um, I had chronic fatigue, which I think I've spoken about from, let's see, I would say from adolescence onwards, but then as I got older and older and older, it got worse each year. And I, again, was constantly getting sick. Like, I was always um, getting some kind of either upper respiratory infection or I would get, like, I'm telling you when I say the weirdest viral infections, like, so many strange things that I'd never even heard of. Like, viral infections can manifest in your body in the most strangest ways like very bizarre I remember one time like I had all of these um I don't know how to describe it other than like bumps on my tongue that came out of nowhere like overnight like and I came to I went to my my doctor and I and I said to her you know I why do I keep getting sick? Like, I'm constantly getting sick. And I just kept getting the same answers, which was, you know, you just have a weak immune system and your history of sickness has just weakened your immune system so much that this is kind of going to be the reality for you. And you're going to continue getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Um, Like, yeah and I was so over it I was so (laughs) overhearing that um and then I forgot to also mention that I was diagnosed with PCOS as well which is polycystic ovarian syndrome which is cysts on your ovaries um I had very bad acne uh, for a period of time which I've spoken about on my TikTok I still occasionally do break out but it's like very manageable it's rare for me like this week I've broken out and I know why it is and I'm able to kind of adjust that but um yes so I had a number of diagnoses physically mentally I was struggling with anxiety and depression and so Leading up to my spiritual awakening was a very, very challenging time. Like, career-wise, I had some really, really amazing career, um, like, milestones, I guess you would call it, which I'm very proud of, considering all the things that I was sort of working through as well. But... It's funny because you, like I say all of these things that was going, that was going on for me and, and people often see people's, um, personas on social media, like Instagram, and they see these perfect photos. They see this perfect life of like, oh my gosh, this girl, like, she's like, like her life is just like goals and that's just you know, that's what I want, and, like, you just literally, you never, never, never know what's going on for somebody, like, you just don't, and it's just a gentle reminder to remember that social media is a curated feed, it is curated by the individual, and the individual has every single right to post and conserve whatever image they want but just know that it is not reality whatsoever because going back on my Instagram like my personal Instagram and seeing all of the photos of all the things and all of the amazing you know pictures that I posted and I'm the only one that really knows what's going on 
Like I'm I'm really the only person that um yeah, knows what what was really going on for me at that time. But let's fast forward to the spiritual awakening because I um leading up to it um had well I had been heavily medicated for the years between 2016 2016 to like 2018 I guess in 2018 I decided to literally just be completely clean and basically try and check in with what is actually going on internally when I am showing up without any kind of, you know, emotional crutch, so to speak, in in a substance form. And what I discovered was I had really never been taught how to regulate my emotions, how to be present with discomfort, like really uncomfortable feelings. I think it's so important that we teach kids how to sit in uncomfortability and sit in those um, icky feelings that we try to run away from because the more you run run away from them, the more they're going to show up later on. And so I basically learned, like, you know, I have been um, using these supplements as an emotional crutch for so long that I didn't know how to be like a functioning human basically and so I started meditation and meditation was something that I had been very um against trying for so many years and I was at my wits end where I just was like I am so desperate to try something else that I'm just going to give it a go and see if it helps in any way. So I started meditating like very small, in very small increments. So maybe one minute at a time, two minutes at a time, then built my way up from there. And what really happened was during meditation, I started to open up energetically and initially, I feel like initially my anxiety kind of got worse before it got better, which um, I feel as though can be quite common with people who are new to meditation because being alone with your thoughts and being present with your thoughts is something that can be very daunting and scary for a lot of people. So I stuck with it and soon I started to feel the only way I can describe this is energy outside of me. So I started to really tap into my clear cognizance, being able to feel um, spiritual beings or spirit guides, um, ancestors, people who had passed, like anything and everything that was not in the 3D physical reality, um, which really freaked me out. Like, really, really freaked me out to begin with. 
and it was an experience that I feel as though needs to be talked about and the conversation needs to be opened up more because if you are somebody who has no spiritual resources or in a society where um or a community where this type of conversation is like shut down immediately it's very very challenging for you to to navigate that process and the way that it happened to me was that I could tell like I knew I wasn't going crazy like I was I was mentally at that point where I was like okay like I'm I'm stable and I'm not I'm not going insane like I could tell that I was in in a rational thought I was still seeing a psychologist regularly like a therapist regularly in this entire process so I knew consciously everything everything was okay like I was okay but this was something that was just a different sensation and feeling that I'd never felt before. So basically what I did was I seeked out a Reiki healer. So I went online and I found a Reiki healer um, and I ended up going to her and explaining what was going on for me and she guided me through the whole process and really reassured me that I was not going insane you know um which I I knew I wasn't but you know you have that like questioning in yourself like like what's going on like I just need some answers like what's going on and her and I started to work together regularly like once a week where we would do deep 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 energy healing work we would do shadow work we would do reprogramming we would do um oh my gosh everything and anything to um integrate all of this energy and also um to try and heal what was going on with me physically because you know all of this is connected mentally emotionally spiritually physically all of this works together and so I was healing on a cellular level like deep deep healing um and it was unforgettable like I really felt for the first time that I had a new like found energy force that I had never experienced my chronic fatigue went away um my anxiety went away I was happier I had like a new faith for life and a new like zest for life and all through navigating the spiritual awakening process which can be an absolute roller coaster of emotions like up down left right what's real what's not like (laughs) anyone who's had a spiritual awakening can attest to that you know being the way that it feels we'll fast forward a little bit so in 2019 I moved countries after making the choice in 2017 to um, move to the United States and live here essentially permanently 
as you might have heard, I met my husband six weeks after landing here. And then three months, I think it was three months after moving countries for a number of reasons, like a series of very unfortunate events, um, which kind of ended up being, I guess, blessings in disguise. Um, And I've talked about this before, obviously, in other podcast episodes. So um, within three months, I decided to do a Reiki one course and that kind of fell into my lap in the sense that I had been doing Reiki with my Reiki healer in Australia for a solid six months and I was so passionate about it as a healing modality because it literally changed my life like I I'm such a believer that your internal world and your external world are a direct reflection of each other because internally I before doing Reiki my vibration was just all over the place I was very sensitive to energy and I was absorbing everybody's energy so I was just like this big sponge to everybody else's stuff and there was no way for me to like know how to alchemize that and to shift that and to become the authentic higher version of myself. So when I moved here to America, I like seeked out a Reiki healer here so I could continue that healing journey. And I met the Reiki master who ended up training me when I took my Reiki 1 and 2 certification. So I actually went to him for a Reiki session. I'm getting chills, you guys, literally speaking about this. my It's so hot in my room and I just got like full body chills. Um, <laughs> anyway... I ended up going to him for a Reiki session and he casually just mentioned at the at the time like hey I'm I'm um conducting this course do you want to join like we're starting next week um I think you would be a great candidate and the rest is really history I I I took the course. It was so transformative for me. Like just just the Reiki attunement process when you get attuned is so intense. Like I it took me a full however many months, I don't know how many months, but it was a long time, like a number of months to really integrate the energy. Because you are, like, accelerated energetically. Like, your energy just goes through this very intense, heightened energetic process that um, is kind of difficult to explain unless you've been through it. But it just is, like, literally an overnight... um, It's like Reiki on steroids. Like, it's just so much energy. Like, one, like people think one session of Reiki is a lot. Like, the attunement process is intense. Um, so anyway, moving on. So I did that. And then I um, started working in a crystal gallery. And... I guess fast forward a little bit to now where I'm not at the Crystal Gallery anymore and I'm doing this content creation and spiritual like online journey. So that's a little bit about my background. I know this has been a bit of a longer episode, um, but you know, 
I feel as though connecting with you guys is so important to me and always trying to be as transparent as I can with like my own life and like what I'm doing so that you guys feel um connected in in many different ways like this podcast for example is my way of really being my authentic self in front of the camera in front of the microphone not having to worry about like tiktok trends or you know (laughs) how to push the algorithm all of that stuff that comes with being a content creator um but this can be something that's more like authentic to me so with all of that being said i'm gonna answer some questions now from you guys Okay, so question one is how to connect to your higher self slash what cues to look for to know you're doing it right. So when you're connecting with your more authentic self, it is like a feeling of coming home is the best way that I can describe it. It really feels like it comes naturally to you and it's like this state of like balance that you just keep coming back to. So when you are in a place where you're feeling a little bit all over the place, that feeling in and of itself is communicating to you that you are in misalignment right so in order to access our higher self we have access to our higher self at all times we constantly have access to them however to have a strong connection to your higher self to have a Open communication between your higher self and you, yourself right now. Being in energetic alignment is the easiest way for you to make sure that that information is coming through clearly and concisely and in a language that you understand, right? So I know for myself, when I was not meditating, not um, taking the time to connect with myself, not having enough alone time, that's a really, really big one. Making sure that you are carving out 10 minutes of your day, that's all. And this is something I do. I never tell you guys any suggestions that I don't do myself. And my husband can attest to this I always no matter what the day has been like I take minimum 10 minutes for myself to be alone to close my eyes and you don't even have to call it meditation it is literally just to take away any kind of outside stimulation We need to get quiet enough to be able to listen. We underestimate the power of listening to our own thoughts. You don't have to entertain the thoughts. You don't have to allow those thoughts to have power over you. But listening... That's literally my number one tip for you is taking that time and accumulating that time and slowly but surely you will start to recognize what is your authentic voice and what isn't. Some voices may sound like, you know, 
the opinions of your mom, the opinions of your dad, your sister, your brother, your friends, whatever that is, you know, whoever, but you have to start to sort of decipher what your own voice is and that voice, once you find it, strengthening that connection is going to be your best call to action when it comes to how to connect to your higher self. One last tip on this question is you can literally ask your higher self to come through you. Like if you say you get a pen and paper and you ask your higher self to channel through you when you're writing on that piece of paper that's also a really great way to start to connect with your higher self okay so next question i'm afraid of leaving my job for something with less money how do i rewire this part of me so i guess the question is well firstly do you have a job lined up for you that you are leaving once you leave your current job like do you already have another role in place that is paying you less if that's the case I would then ask the question why are they paying you less have you negotiated the salary have you negotiated how much money they're giving you and if you have and it's still something that you want to pursue having fear around that is not something that you need to take away like the fear in itself is not the issue at hand being fearful of you like leaving a familiar environment and for you to step into a new environment with different circumstances around financial stability having fear is very normal and it's very useful don't fear fear there's nothing to fear but fear itself if you are feeling like you need to rewire a part of you I feel as though the conversation around rewiring and like self-limiting beliefs there is like a gray area of like fear can be a very useful um emotional communicator to us right it's protecting us you don't always have to rewire that part of you and it's more about an acceptance of that emotion and an acceptance or a um getting used to being in discomfort or uncomfortable emotions um if you are wanting to rewire your brain so that you start to attract more abundance that would be a different question and a different kind of conversation to have okay and last question how the moon influences mood and energy levels connection between moon and periods so every planet including earth has its own energetic signature and its own um, consciousness. So Earth has its own Earth consciousness. A lot of people call it Gaia. And each planet represents a different aspect of us. So the moon represents or is responsible for the emotions around our like shadow and our sort of internal world. So when there is a full moon, that is illuminating parts of us that may not be in alignment for our higher self or that need to be released in order for us to step into the next chapter of our life or into our power. Uh, It also is dependent on your astrology. So your moon sign, what your moon sign is, is going to also 
dictate your relationship with the moon. So, for example, if you are a Cancer moon, Cancer is ruled by the moon. So, your emotions are going to wax and wane with the moon's waxing and waning, right? Then, on the like flip side, when there's a new moon, there's a lack of energy. So, it's like... A full moon is like uh, an accumulation of energy all at once when it's closer, you know, to Earth physically. And then a new moon is like that lack of energy where we have that like freedom to to reset and to um, to manifest. Okay, so that's a long episode that we just did, you guys. Um, if you made it to the end congratulations and I love you and thank you um please subscribe please share the podcast the podcast can only be sustained if people listen to it and and like enjoy it I can only continue to do this if it is um you know utilized by people so Thank you for submitting your questions. I am going to continue to ask you guys what you want to listen to, what questions, what topics. Like, do not be shy on my socials. Ask me questions. I'm here to answer them. And I am wishing you guys all the best, best, best week coming ahead. And thanks for listening.